0: Likuti Sichas, Chere volume 19, the Sicha for Rosh Hashanah. This Sicha was delivered on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, towards the end of the day, in the year Shin Mem Aleph, which would be 1980. Now, that year, Rosh Hashanah was on Thursday and Friday. Thus, it led right into Shabbos. So this fabrangin when the Rebbe is delivering the Sicha, is friday afternoon now that year also was a shnas hakel was a year in which they would have celebrated hakel in the times of the besamikdash which hakel takes place on the second day of Sukkot we're only going to cover the main parts of the Sikha. there are some parts that we'll just cover just in short and just a quick introduction we know that before a nishama before a soul descends into this world, meaning before a baby is born, as the Altarebbe brings in the beginning of Tanya, it says, that they actually make the Nishama take an oath that it will be a tzaddik, it will strive to be a tzaddik and not a Rasha. And of course the explanations is that that also means that they load it up with all the potential, with all the resources necessary in order to be able to accomplish that. So that's one thing. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with is the rule that Loi Adu Roish, that Adu, which is Aleph, Dalid, Vav. Aleph is the first day of the week, Sunday. Dalid is the fourth day of the week, Wednesday, and Vav is the sixth day, Friday. So it says that the first day of Rosh Hashanah could never fall out on either of these three days for whatever reason. Now another thing to familiarize ourselves: the famous line that's brought down in the Megillah. Is a verse that says Ve ha'elu which literally translates as "That these days, days are remembered, they're commemorated, and they are done." So the Arizal and the Rebbe always would quote it. Explains that what this really means is that whenever we remember an event, whenever we quote commemorate an event, it actually is reoccurring. <clears throat> Whatever happened then is actually happening again, and in fact, it's happening in greater measure. So let's go into the Sikha. I'm just, the first few chapters, I'm just going to kind of uh, skip through. In short, what the Rebbe was making the point that the Alter Rebbe says on the verse, Atem Nitzavim Hayoyim Kulchem, that you all stand today, today is the day of Rosh Hashanah, together, that Hashem gives us the strength to stand. That means it comes from Hashem that He makes us uh, be firm and steadfast, meaning victorious in the day of judgment. So the Rebbe says that this is what comes from Hashem, but we have to do our part, meaning we have to contribute whatever we can, and therefore the Rebbe goes through uh, several points where he explains how we contribute to it, A, by coming together in a place like that, in a febringon, and then the Rebbe concludes, we're making the point, that everybody has to um, partake in the simcha, in the joy, why joy, particularly? This is the second day of Rosh Hashanah. So the Rebbe brings the famous explanation in Chassidus that when it says, Bakesa liyoyim chagenu. Bakesa chagenu means that what is on Rosh Hashanah, Bakesa, which also can be translated hiddenly, which is discreet, is liyoyim chagenu, is what comes out later in the day of our Chag, Chag is it comes out in a revealed manner. Thus the Rebbe says, the simcha, the joy of Sukkot, and the idea of hakel that will be celebrated that year on the second day of Sukkot, already we need to begin now on Rosh Hashanah to commemorate it and to bring it down into action. And thus the Rebbe encouraged everyone to say El Chayim before sunset, because remember it was going into Shabbos and there are issues with um, saying lachaim afterwards, because it's already Shabbos; it's not just matzay So that was the first part of the sicha. Then the Rebbe explains <coughs> that this, which we discussed in the mimer, the Rebbe would say a mimer at these fabrings recite a Hasidic discourse, and in the discourse he discussed ze hayoim tchilas masecha, something which we say in the prayers in the in the uh, tf- Amidah of Rosh Hashanah. We say, this is the day of the beginning of your creation. And in the Maimur was discussed the difference between Zeh and Koi, this and so. And this was based on teachings, on maimorim of the Rebbe the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Lubavitcher Rebbe. So the Rebbe explains, so the Rebbe goes into the special connection of the Tzemach Tzedek and Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because we know that the Tzemach Tzedek was born on Erev Rosh Hashanah, on the eve of Rosh Hashanah, the very last day of the year, and his Bris took place in Aseret Yemei which is between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So he has a special connection to this to this um, celebration that we're celebrating now, says the Rebbe, and that's why he was mentioned in the Mimer. Now we know, says the Rebbe, it is related that, when, that the, when the Tzemach Tzedek was born, that's when the Alter Rebbe, that year and that era Rosh Hashanah, is when the altar Rebbe delivered the Mimer, the discourse, which begins with the words, that they make him swear that you should be a tzaddik, And these, this Mimer later became the basis, became the first three chapters of the Holy Book of the Tanya. So it says the Rebbe, the fact that the Tzemach Tzedek was born on this day, <clears throat> and the fact that this idea, this concept of and was discussed on that Erev Rosh Hashanah is something that is specially connected to Rosh Hashanah. And this is something that reoccurs every single year. It's not just that we commemorate something that happened in the past, but it reoccurs every single year. And the Rebbe explains how. You see, on Rosh Hashanah was the creation slash birth of Adam who Really, this is not just something that happened back then, but this connects to each and every one of us, each and every single human, and especially Jews, individually. Why? Because the Mishnah tells us that, Why is it that man was created singular? Why did Hashem make it so that when it came to every other aspect of creation, they were created in multitudes? Hashem didn't create just one blade of grass, just one tree, and then from them came all the rest, but rather Hashem created, as it says, a complete world, it was full, there were parks, there were forests, there were there were wilderness, there was there were, there were trees, there were gardens, there was everything, and only when it came to man, He created him one, so the Mishnah says, because this is to tell us, to emphasize, and to who? To each and every one of us, that the, every individual is like a is like a full world, is that a complete world? So that means it tells us that the birth of every single individual is on Rosh Hashanah. Essentially, the birth of every human being reoccurs on Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, says the Rabbi it's so apropos that the delivery of this Maimar of Mashpi and Isai is an Arab Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because if the birth is on Rosh Hashanah, then it follows that the oath is taken before, prior to that. When is that? Erev Rosh Hashanah. And it fits exactly into place. So in other words, this is reoccurring that every single person is being told on Erev Rosh Hashanah, be tehi Rosh Hashanah. says the Rebbe, this year there is actually a special connection To this idea of quote. Niskarim venasim. That we commemorate and it happens once again. How so? So the Rebbe says we know the rule. Loy adu roish. That Rosh Hashanah cannot fall out. The first day of Rosh Hashanah can never fall out on Sunday, Wednesday or Friday. Now. Therefore it comes out. That never ever. Or so it seems. Never ever. Could we re. Live. So to speak or reenact the exact birth of Adam HaRishayim, because we're saying that the first day of Rosh Hashanah could never fall out on Friday. Right? And we know that Adam HaRishayim, man, was created on Friday. Says the Rebbe, However, because we know that there are two days Rosh Hashanah, and these two days, as Chazal explained, is really like Yoima Arichto, it's like one long day, in other words, the two days of 24 hours each, is not like two separate components, but it's like one component of 48 hours, one long day, it says that Rebbe comes out, that indeed, in a, in, a, in a situation like this year, the year when the was was delivered, that Rosh Hashanah was Thursday and Friday, then it's actually very exact and fitting to what occurred the first time. Because what happened the first time? When was Adam created? Adam was created towards the end of the sixth day. Not in the beginning, not the night before, not in the morning, but to later on in the day. Thus, it comes out that now that we have two days, which are like two long days, so in fact, When is the, quote, creation, the rebirth of man taking place? In fact, it's taking place towards the end of the day, which in this case will be towards the end of the 48 hours. And it comes out that everything is precise and exact. Says the Rebbe, now that we've mentioned the idea of two days Rosh Hashanah, it's just worthwhile to point out, says the Rebbe, he digresses for a moment, that this actually brings out another aspect of achtos, of unity, Amongst Yidin, where you see it specifically in Rosh Hashanah. How so? When it comes to all the other celebrations, all the other chagim or yomim tovim, there's a big difference, there's a distinction between Eretz Yisrael and the Diaspora, right? In Eretz Yisrael, it's only one day the celebration, and in the Diaspora, it's two days. Whereas Rosh Hashanah is actually a two-day celebration whether it's in the Diaspora, Chutz Laret, or whether it's in the Eretz yisrael, And the Rebbe brings a source for this, which is actually a biblical source. In the book of Nehemiah, in chapter 8, over there he describes how after the return to Yerushalayim, to Eretz Yisrael, the resettlement, and how they built the Beis Hamikdash, and how the first time they all came together to celebrate Rosh Hashanah. And it says over there that they went the entire people went, all the people went home to eat and to give out gifts and to to make great joy, to generate great joy. And afterwards, there's a discussion as to what took place on the quote, and on the second day. the says, what's that second day? It doesn't say the next day. It says, after describing what happened on the, on the day of Rosh Hashanah, it says on the second day. Well, this tells us that there was indeed a second day of Russia uh, of Rosh Hashanah already in biblical times, as quoted in Torah Shavik Now the Rebbe says parenthetically, the fact that we brought this idea, we just quoted this pasuk regarding the Simchah the great joy, says the Rebbe. This reminds us of what the Friediker Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, brings in a Maimar in Sefer Maimarim Toshin Gimel that we see that when you coronate a king. There is great joy. There is tremendous celebration, and therefore, since Malchusa der'Arach kei Malchusa rekia that the kingship down here is a reflection of the kingship above, meaning the true kingship, the Hashem's sovereignty. Therefore, there is great joy on Rosh Hashanah. That's how the previous Rebbe explains it. Says the Rebbe, just we take a moment to digress and to clarify something that we need to be clear with when it comes to this type of expression. Remember, the Rebbe says, that just like down here there's great joy, so too on Rosh Hashanah, when we coronate Hashem, there's great joy. since says, the Rebbe, we have to be clear and make sure to look at this in the correct manner, approach it from the correct perspective. It's not that there is a fact that down here this such and such occurs, and therefore it also occurs above in a likewise manner, but rather the other way around. The truth is that what sets the tone what establishes fact is what happens above, what happens in, 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 the, in the higher realms. However, since it's impossible for us to grasp, to comprehend what goes on above, Shah Hashem makes it so that there should be a reflection down here, something similar of the same, simi- of a similar kind, that it should give us an idea somewhat of what goes on in the abstract, what goes on in the heavens. So in other words, what happens down here comes after the fact. After the fact that it's already been established in the spiritual realm, now what happens down here is to help, is to just give like a reflection and to help us get somewhat of a glimpse of what goes on up there. But going back to what we discussed in the where the Rebbe brought the source that there was a second day Rosh Hashanah, this is, remember, to just repeat, just... Quickly summarizing to re, to establish how the birth of man actually that takes place in the second day of Rush of, of uh, in that year that the second day of Rosh Hashanah was a Friday it was very apropos because that's towards the end of the quote long day and it's similar to what occurred the first time. Right? So now that Rebbe says let's focus in on what actually took place on that second day. In other words, what does the verse tell us about what happened on that second day of Rosh Hashanah? So in fact it says that they all gathered together and there the people were told about the celebration of sukkahs. How and with what to make their sukkahs. And in fact it says that they went and they did as they were told. They accomplished it. Now the Rebbe makes a point to stress, to emphasize that it's not that they actually did it because they were not allowed to build their sukkahs and to go gather all the material for the sukkahs on Rosh Hashanah, it's Yontif. However, the fact that they made the decision to do so, as we find elsewhere in the Torah, already makes it considered for them as if they have already Im- uh, implemented it, as if they already accomplished it. And then what does it say? Afterwards, it does tell us how they went about with the celebration of Sukkot, that they went out and they collected all the material, and they built sukkahs. each person on his, on his rooftop or in the courtyards, And then it says they even built in the courtyards of the Beis el-Hakim of the house of God, meaning of the Beis HaMikdash. So the Rebbe brings from the response of the Go'inim that they were asked if you need to build a sukkah, if there's an obligation to build a sukkah in a shul, uh, uh, around the shul, or adjacent to the shul. Now, there's a whole lengthy answer as typically responses would go. And in the beginning, they seem to side with the a notion that no, there's no obligation to build a sukkah in or around a shul. Why? Because the Torah says, "Vasukas teishvu shivas you We should dwell in the sukkah seven days. A shul is not a dwelling place, and therefore there should be no obligation. However, later they switch around and they conclude that indeed you do need to build a shul. There is an obligation to build a sh- uh, to build a sukkah around the shul. Why? First of all, many shows would typically in those days have like a guest, a few guest rooms for dignitaries, for rabbis who were coming by to, to, to either teach the people or just to be guests. So there's already a, quote, dwelling aspect to the show too. And then they bring this verse as proof, of solid proof, that over here it says that they built Sukkot in the courtyard of the house of God. So you see the house of God also requires calls for the building of a sukkah in any case back to the point says the rabbi from everything that was discussed from the entire sikhah and all the proof that was brought from the fact that rosh hashanah and sukkahs have a very strong connection moreover as you see in the book of Nehemiah that the celebration of Sukkos was already discussed on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. It says the Rebbe. Therefore, it's appropriate now that we still are in the second day of Rosh Hashanah to address the celebration of Sukkos. Not only just as plain celebration, but also as it says there that they generated a simchah a great joy, to bring it so, to make it so that it should be a tremendous joy. How? What is this? Says the Rebbe, practically speaking, what do I have in mind? So the Rebbe says, as discussed already in the past many times, in relation to the celebration of Rosh Hashanah, that even though it doesn't say it explicitly in Halacha, but still the Rebbe emphasized and always made a point to bring this out to be sure to see. I mean, to see to it and make sure that those who are in need also have the means to celebrate Rosh Hashanah in a joyous manner says the Rebbe, how much more so does this apply now that we're on Rosh Hashanah thinking about Sukkot considering how we're going to make the Sukkot celebration because Rosh Hashanah, it's only hidden the celebration of Sukkot is only hidden and already there's a Simcha Gdala how much more so when it comes to Sukkot itself, which is the festival of Simcha, that we have to see to it, making now the decision in our minds, which we already consider it as if we've already done it now Similar to what it says in Sefer Nechemia, that those who are in need, we're going to not only fill their needs, but in such a manner, that's going to bring them tremendous joy throughout the entire celebration of Sukkot. And this says the Rebbe will certainly lead, that we also will be in a certain joy, in an absolute joy, the ultimate joy, as it says, the time of Mashiach, it says it will be Simchas Oilom Risham. The joy of the world, meaning the ultimate, the greatest joy ever, will be on their heads.